The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. One problem facing people at many levels of business is how to make time for a work life and a personal life. Do you find that one seems to keep getting in the way of the other? This is the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Even if you're not involved in the business world, you'll have a lot to gain by tuning in to today's show. Now, here is your host, Rick Morris. And welcome to the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. It's uh, it's another Friday for us, and uh, we're happy to have you along. And uh, So today we're going to be talking uh, about a few things. Uh, we're going to get into some agile myths uh, agile being a huge topic. I'm getting lots of uh, feedback from Facebook and Twitter that uh, people want to know, know a little bit more. So we're going to be covering that today. I had a fantastic time in St. Louis, Missouri uh, this week uh, with Edward Jones. I did a private event for them uh, with a fantastic group. Uh, really good response. We were very excited to uh, be out there again, to be invited back. And so I wanted to give them a shout out and say thank you guys for supporting us in the channel uh, and everything that we're doing. Uh, upcoming events, uh, June uh, the 5th, I'm actually going to be doing a Facebook Live post uh, to announce the Maxwell Speakers Club. Uh, so the official Maxwell Speakers Club has been launched. Uh, you need to check your local areas uh, for local clubs. I'm actually hosting the one in Birmingham, Alabama. And if you don't know much about the Maxwell Speakers Club, obviously, if you follow the show, you know uh, that I'm part of the John Maxwell team and now an executive director, uh, which gives me the opportunity to host Maxwell Speakers Club as well as a host of other services. So the, the Speakers Club is, is if you're a Toastmasters fan or ever been a part of Toastmasters, it's going to be very much like that, except where I think Toastmasters really does a great job on the construct of a speech and in helping develop some content. Uh, we're really going to be focusing on the connection to the audience and the communication points to the audience, which really will will round out that that construct and, and content for you. Uh, so it's kind of an advanced level beyond Toastmasters, but it's something that's available for everybody. Uh, and we're going to be doing you know uh, live speeches, and, and we get to watch um, uh, examples from John Maxwell every week and understand uh, how to apply those to our speeches. So we're really excited about that. June 5th, we're doing our uh, announcement uh, to Birmingham, Alabama, where I live, uh, with the official launch of the club June 30th uh, here in Birmingham. So there's more details to come on that. You can find that on rsquareconsulting.com. Uh, June 9th, I'm going to be out in El Paso, Texas, uh, be visiting with uh, the PMI group out there, doing a full-day seminar, actually on the 8th, and then doing some breakout sessions on the 9th. Uh, and we'll be looking to do this show live uh, from El Paso on June 9th as well. So we're excited about that. Uh, so let's get into this uh, topic. Um, so agile, right? Agile is is a, a new buzzword. It's a new thing that that uh, people are, are really starting to throw around or trying to figure out how to understand. But agile is not new. Uh, it's actually been around for quite some time. Certainly agile thinking has 
but as a methodology, it's really starting to gain some ground, especially uh, in the IT world. Now, I got involved uh, with Agile, you know, starting all the way back to a defining moment for me, uh, which came from Rob Tomset, who who is somebody I look up to quite a bit in this industry. Uh, he had a book uh, that, that was called Radical Project Management that came out in 2002. And there was a quote in there that really had an impact to me. It says that projects fail because of context, not content. And really, when you're looking at project failure and, and what's happening uh, around people wanting to become more agile in, in not only their development, but in their business and business agility, uh, the the context is really the dates and the budget, right? The content uh, normally gets delivered. Now, whether it gets delivered on time, you know, that becomes a contextual item. So then you start to ask the question, well, who controls the context? And so for most project managers, we're either given a project that's already got a date and budget assigned to it, uh, or we have very little influence over that. And so what would happen is we, we'd be given an impossible project with an impossible date, um, and then uh, to hit the date, what, what a standard practice is in project management is to compress the timeframes or to compress um, like testing and training and things that are really, really valuable to the end user. So from a user perspective, if I'm a business owner, it, it came out later than I wanted. It, it was barely tested and overall the project fails. And, and this is a repeatable cycle that you see quite a bit. And so the industry itself is really looking for a better way to, to do things, and that's where kind of Agile steps in. Just, you know, some brief history uh, about Agile. Um, like we said, it's not a new concept, but what really started to gain some some ground was what was called the Agile Manifesto, which was written in 2001, which introduced 12 principles of Agile development. Now, what's interesting about this, this Agile Manifesto is it was written by, you know, 17 people. Um, and so these 17 people then took off and kind of started to develop their own methodologies or own flavors uh, with the Agile Manifesto as a backing. But, you know, there's obviously different ways to approach things. And so when you start to look at the type of, of Agile, when somebody says we're Agile, um, the first question I normally ask is, you know, what type of Agile are you? I mean, there's Scrum and, and Scrumbon and Kanban, rapid application development, lean software development, feature-driven development, extreme programming. Um, Safe is a new one that's really um, gaining a lot of ground. Uh, you've got, you know, Setu and Xscale and Agile Path and it's just all kinds of variations, which I think all have their uh, pros and cons. But what really got me more interested in Agile than anything was some of the messages I was getting back from clients. Uh, things like, um, you know, we don't need project management anymore because we're Agile, or we can't tell you when we're going to be done because we're Agile. And I've actually covered some of these topics before when I had John Stenbeck on the show. And if you go to voiceamerica.com and to the business network and find my show, or you can go to rickamorris.com, you certainly can find the uh, the the shows there where we talk with John Stenbeck, but you know when you hear things like we don't need uh, uh, project management anymore, or, or you know we can't tell you when we're going to be done, that's really cowboy coding. It's it, it's really you know a bigger myth than anything. That's where a organization has jumped in to start a new methodology, but they don't really know um, what what the end goal is, and so. 
they, they think it's cool. It, it, they think it's something that's going to help the organization. So they start to deploy it, but there wasn't really any rationale behind it or certainly the, the backing or, or organizational change management to look at that to make it successful. And so what happens is you start to get myths that, that start to come out, um, either because it's half-baked or people that um, you know aren't really sure or they've hired somebody that maybe is leading them down the wrong path. And so I wanted to discuss some of those myths, but you know, before I do so, I, I wanted to start with kind of where my personal journey was uh, with Agile so that you, know, you understand where, where I'm coming from. So the first time I really started to hear about Agile, you know, gaining ground, uh, I thought it was a fad. I thought it was something else like, you know, an, another ISO or, you know, how Six Sigma became so big in organizations uh, uh, outside of manufacturing. And uh, so people will find a methodology, they think it's awesome, and then they just blindly apply it to their organization and then turn around and, and start to, to develop their own ideas around this methodology. And so when I saw Agile, I thought it was cool, but I thought it was a fad, yet I, I really didn't understand it at that point. But again, as I, as I saw several clients start to abandon project management as a whole for Agile, they, you know, saying things like, we don't need project management anymore because we're Agile, that really started to get me to wonder you know, what this thing really is. And so I went down a certification journey to, to, to understand Agile in I think it's funny, I, I tell this joke when I'm speaking, but you know, when I first got my certification, it was called a Scrum Certified Agile Master, which, which if you take the, the initials, that spells scam. And so they, they quickly changed that to be a, a Certified Scrum Agile Master, uh, which, which is much better. Um, but uh, anyway, nobody wants to be uh, certified in a scam. Uh, but anyway, I, I began to uh, seek counsel from uh, some of the industry's best. I you know, reached out to John Stenbeck. I've reached out to several other Agile people um, where I think John Stenbeck's one of the best in the industry and uh, wanted to understand you know, how these things apply. And so that's how I got to, to where I am. I, I, I started to do that and, and really, again, uh, become certified and understand uh, where Agile was going, how it could best benefit an organization, and, and what I could do to help really influence that. And so what we'll do is is we'll discuss some of these myths, uh, some of my favorite terms around Agile, and then also how to deal with it. Like uh, when, when you hear that, when you hear the myth, um, or you hear somebody saying something that that's incorrect, how do you deal with that in the organization? And how do you make sure that if you are going on an agile journey, uh, that it's a proper one and it's it's going to be helping you out um, in the long run? So we're going to discuss uh, all of those things uh, today. So um, the first thing to decide is what variation of agile you're really going to follow. And, and what I see most organizations do is is take little bits and pieces of the different methodologies that are out there and kind of create their own, which I think is perfectly okay. Uh, as long as, again, we're doing it for for the right reason. It's not that we're just implementing Agile because we think we're going to get better results because if you don't have organizational change behind it, you're not going to get better results. You're just now going to have a new term to blame for things that go wrong. So you really need to decide which one of the principles you're going to follow and why, what the benefit is to the organization. But I'll tell you the biggest thing 
is that most people think agile is solely for development. And that is absolutely incorrect. And it's something that we call agile theater. So what agile theater is, is if your development teams have been turned agile, but your QA teams or your deployment teams or any of those things um, have not have not been converted to agile or working in an agile manner, th- then you're really not doing agile. All you're doing is producing code faster uh, that you can't test or deploy to the end user. And to be truly agile, you need to see it go all the way through and and become a, a viable product uh, delivery to a, a customer. So, you know, the, these agile iterations that are happening within development is just another definition for waterfall type project. We're just handling it with different terms if we can't release the code to market faster. So that's what we call agile theater. Uh, when we come back, we're going to discuss some of the other myths that are out there, how the industry is starting to shift. Um, what are some of the keys of agile Uh, What are some of the tools that are out there that we can utilize? And just some other great topics around agile management. Uh, When we come back right after the break, we're going to listen to some of our sponsors and come right back to the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Today, every business is in the software business. And business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other. Where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage. Where applications aren't just part of your brand. They are your brand. All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers, or fall behind. Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, visit rewrite.ca.com, your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program. 
at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we are back to the Work-Life Balance. Thank you so much for uh, hanging out with us today. So we're just discussing agile myths today. And, uh, you know, the, the buzzword of agile management, there's so many people that are trying to figure out what it really is, what it means. Uh, and I'm just going to share my view from a project management perspective and some of the things that we've learned uh, over the past year, year and a half, and really getting involved with agile. So one of my favorite things that I hear um, as a myth is that, you know, we don't know when we're going to be done or we can't commit to a time frame uh, because we're agile. And that is one of the largest myths I think that's, that's out there. It, going agile is actually a little bit more strict than, than project management was. Now, project management, you know, normally required, you know, documentation and a lot of things that, that a lot of people feel is, is wasted effort. And, and, I, and I get that piece. I'm not defending that piece. Um, but when you go agile, it doesn't mean that, that, that there's no delivery target or, or that we don't know when things are going to be done. We actually know a little bit more about it uh, than, than we would in a project because the, the, the shift is, you know, in old project management, what you do is is estimate each task along the way and then let that drive your date and figure out what your date is going to be. Um, and then you're looking at a completeness of scope. So you, you've got your requirements and things that you're driving into. The problem with that is, is, is again, you know, that the time frame could be compressed. Maybe the budget becomes compressed. Uh, and then there's an expectation of scope. There's an expectation that, that all of these things would have gotten delivered within that time period. Um, and then when they finally get it, again, if it was late and then it doesn't meet their needs or they got what they asked for, but it wasn't exactly what they were expecting to do with the tool, then that that's where some of the um, the rubs happen in project management. So how Agile tries to solve that is to say, you know, here here's a defined time frame and a defined budget. And, and what we're going to do is allow the scope to be elaborated. And so what happens is instead of, of doing just effort-based scheduling like project management is, what, what happens is you start to begin – to do value-based scheduling and you're looking at all the things that you have to do within a defined period of time and try to choose the most valuable option, also called an MVP or minimally viable product. But but what happens is then you can put that minimally viable product out there, test it, get some feedback, and then adjust to the customer a lot faster so that by the end of the, the project, you've now delivered exactly what they were looking for. Um, or at least had the ability to to fail in areas and fix those failures uh, and do it in a very rapid pace. But this whole thought of, well, you know, we can't tell you when we're going to be done or we can't estimate time because we're agile is, is absolutely incorrect. What you do is you, you time box. You say within these two weeks, we're going to give you X amount of story points to to develop. You choose the best use of those story points through through the value-based decision-making. And then at the end of the two weeks, there's an expectation that there will be a release. And so that's even a stronger time box than, say, in project management where we say, let's try to get all these requirements done. Let's hope we can get it done in three weeks. But then things happen in, you know, now it's taking four or five weeks. 
Um, Agile is very, very structured in the sense that if we start to see that that things aren't going to make this release, they either get pulled out or there's another discussion, um, but there's still a release at, at that end of that time period. And then the negotiation point is what what actually made it into the release. And so I, I had a wonderful conversation at one point with, with a client where, you know, since it was time boxed and in we understand that the story points don't necessarily equate to time. It's a different way to estimate, but it doesn't really equate to time. There's still an expectation, though, of cost, and there's still expectation of effort that, that's being put on there. And so at some point, a story point uh, for coding or development has to get turned into time and money somewhere uh, to make sure that we understand the cost of, of development and understand the, the length of time. So because Agile's time boxed, you would think it's actually easier. You think you would say, okay, well then here's these seven people on an Agile team. They're working on sprint number one. Sprint number one's time box for two weeks. Um, most people that are working are, are salary-based in an internal organization. So we could just estimate that 80 hours worth of effort uh, is going into that sprint per person. Um, and, and then some people play with those numbers. They say maybe it's six and a half hours a day of productivity time or seven hours a day. R- regardless, we we can place a portion of that time. And so uh, I was talking with, with somebody who was implementing Agile, and she said, well, you know, you can't use 80 hours as an estimate. I said, why is that? And she said, because we, we estimate by story point. And I said, well, I, I, I get that, but... While story points, you know, are a great way for you guys to to come up with estimates that you believe in, we still got to turn this into a management report or understand salaries. And so, since a sprint is two weeks and that person's on two weeks, then we can just apply eighty hours of time. She goes, "No, you can't do that." So why? It seems very very simple. She goes, "Because we do it by story point." I was like, "Yeah, well, we're going to track the number of story points you get accomplished, and we can equate that, but." You know, we do all these velocity charts and everything else, but still, from a cost perspective, if their salary is 40 hours a week, then why can't we do 80 hours? Because we do story points. I said, well, why don't we pay you in story points then and, and see how that works? Because, again, I, at some point, that that story point does need to equate to something that can be measurable in terms of cost and everything else. Now, what's happening and what I'm seeing work um, in the industry is that the very, very strong agile people uh, are very resistant to any time or any you know commitment level in, in that scenario when you're talking about time or cost. They, they don't like to deal with it. And so the combat to that is, well, we could do timesheets, but nobody wants to do timesheets. So why can't we find out a way to just simply equate that a sprint's two weeks and that's 80 hours of your time? You would think that that would be something that, that a lot of people would go for, but for some reason... It's a, there's a huge resistance in that uh, because Agile is based on on points and, and velocity and teams getting together and productivity and, and not so focused on timesheets. You know, we get all that, but at the end of the day, there's still a cost to the organization we have to understand. And so you see a lot of rub a lot of times between Agile project management, executive branch, uh, the financial branch, trying to figure out how they're going to make that work. And and my my tip to that is to not overcomplicate it. You, you know, we get the story point thing, we get the 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 point that you're that you're trying to estimate a, a different way, but the the way the world works is still based on in, in the way you're paid is, is still based on a forty hour work week, and so I, I think if we could just do some extrapolation that everybody's comfortable with, you you get to an answer, and many of my clients do. 
Um, I just think it's funny that that some of the people that are coming in that to do agile transformation just is staunchly against that and staunchly against um, any kind of conversion of a story point. And and when when you're that hard against something like that or rigid against a rule like that, um, you know we're, we're not going to convert the whole company to story points. So there's got to be some give and take somewhere in order to be successful. So I think that's a huge myth out there. The other myth that that I hear all the time, and, and I actually picked this up personally when I was going through agile training, is that that project management is just absolutely evil. It's just it's 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 a failed methodology and agile is the greatest methodology. Well, one of the things that we've got to recognize, not every project's an agile project and not every task can be converted to an agile task. And so th- this whole thought pattern of we can do away with all project management uh, because we're agile and, ag- and agile, they, they even they even train it like where you know project management's command and control and agile is just so sweet and wonderful and lovely. And everybody gets along. And no, no, it, it's not that simple. Project management, really, what what we're seeing necessary is that project managers need to develop more of their soft skills and really learn how to work on you know motivational pos- uh, positions and really um, engaging uh, and, and letting loose of some of the documentation and rigor that that you know project management has become known for. And that's where that command and control comes from. But uh, at the same time, it, you can't the, – the way project managers think and the ability to break things down is, you know, from an agile perspective, you still have to have requirements. And there's still got to be a way to manage stakeholders, understand the requirements, give, get everybody in, their, in the spots that they need to be in in order to enable a methodology. And, and quite frankly, that is the skill set of a project manager, somebody who can really understand uh, how all of the pieces fit into an overall whole and go from there. And again, the the people that come to me and say, well, you know, we don't need project management because we're agile. I say, well, is everybody agile or is just your development teams agile? Because if everybody's not agile, then then how are you going to put everything back together to assemble it into a whole to, to push that out to a customer that that requires people outside of you? And, and so, again, like any methodology, what I'm seeing is I'm seeing a lot of the agile teams, certainly in the development world, kind of close themselves off and say, nope, we're in charge. Don't buddy, you know, nobody peek in on us. Uh, we, we're not accountable to anything. We'll get it done when we get it done and we'll pump it out because we're agile. And, and I think that that's, that that's absolutely incorrect. There's still um, got to be some management components on top of things to, to stay successful, specifically around uh, the portfolio management and balancing strategic projects versus, um, you know, departmental projects and things of that sort. And so, you know, project management isn't going away. What I what I see it doing is though transitioning into more of a strategic resource, somebody who can understand again how all the pieces fit into the overall whole, um, and that that allows you to work with agile teams, allows you to work with non-agile teams, and, and essentially keep the portfolio of projects uh, moving towards the direction of completing a strategic goal. If we don't do any of those things, then you know, it, it's basically back to mayhem and, and back to the dark ages uh, of IT, where IT was in complete control of everything, and you kind of got what you got when you got it. And, and I'm watching the evolution of 
IT kind of revert back to where it was because we have a new methodology that we think is going to make us successful. Um, I, 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 there's got to be give and take. There's got to be a place where uh, the project managers really kind of fit into that strategic hole. And it's it's not just an overall dump of, of um, your project management staff. So those are a couple of the myths that we're talking about. First, project management is evil. That's not true. And we can't tell you when we're going to be done because we're agile. That's not true. So when we come back, we're going to discuss some other famous myths of agile. And uh, we'll keep this conversation going. You can hit me up on Twitter at Rick A. Morris or find me on Facebook at Rick A. Morris there as well. Uh, I'd love to hear from you and, and hear your thoughts uh, uh, on Agile and project management and Agile myths. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back on the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers, all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment. And not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward. And the engine computer that keeps you moving. Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy. And the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development to management to security, end-to-end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we are back to the Work-Life Balance, discussing agile myths and uh, some of the things that we're hearing in the industry about agile and, and talking about them. And 
Um, we talked a little bit about what Agile isn't. Let's talk about you know some of the myths that I'm hearing of, of what Agile is. So a lot of people, like any methodology, think that that Agile is going to be you know a silver bullet or or is going to be is going to fix broken development teams, and, and that's simply you know incorrect. It, it's it's uh, you know you can fail just as fast in, in an Agile project. Um, or just as, as as bad in an agile project as you can a, a traditional waterfall project. Um, what it what it's going to rely on is how well you empower your teams. Um, you you want to make sure people are empowered, that they're taking initiative, they're getting things done. Um, and, and if they weren't doing that in the old methodology, they're certainly not going to do it in the new methodology of agile. So there's still the people management component that that has to go in it, go into being agile. Um, now, what Agile basically says, though, is that we want to bring the development teams and the, and the customers to you know closer together and kind of get out of the way, let them to do what they need to do. Uh, but there's still accountability and results um, that we're basically transferring from you know project managers of the old days to to the development team. We're giving them more responsibility, not less, and it, and it, it means that they have to be more disciplined than they were before. Um, however, if that team really takes hold, then then you're going to see some fantastic results. Um, the other thing that we hear is that you know we don't document now because because we're agile. We, we don't have to do any kind of document, um, and, and that's not true. What what agile really is is the right documentation at the right time. Um, it, it, it's not going to do. Uh, documentation just because you know there, there's a methodology calling for it that says you know in, in many project management methodologies it'll say you know you must do these 17 documents uh, for this project. Well, Agile really doesn't have that requirement, but it doesn't mean you don't document at all. Uh, I mean, documentation gets treated like any other deliverable on an Agile project. It, it gets estimated and sized and prioritized just like anything else. Um, but one of the the key things that you document is the user stories and the results. So it's a different way to document, um, but it's it's definitely not anti-documentation. It, it doesn't mean that we don't document anything. Um, one of the, one of the other myths I hear is that that agile um, we we don't really have to have a plan uh, because we're agile. And again, it depends on the different methodologies that you're using. But normally there's a a in agile world, the daily standup. Uh, there's biweekly planning for the sprints. There's release planning uh, to find out what they're going to ship. You know, as far as a minimally uh, viable product. Um, so it's it's definitely not anti-planning. It's just a little bit different way. So, you know, the traditional project ways, you have the status meeting and everybody goes around the room and, and tells you, you know, what percent complete they are and all those fun things. Um, agile is more iterative planning, and and so you've got the two weeks. But there's daily standups, and, and there's basically three questions that that you know everybody needs to answer very quickly. Is you know what did you complete yesterday? What are you planning to complete today? And are there any impediments in your way that, that we got to clear? And you know I had a great conversation again with John Stenbeck discussing this. I was like, man, if I if I could get that kind of information on a daily basis from project management, things things would go a lot better. But there's a resistance to to meet and there's a resistance to reveal. And so the the really key of a standup is that it's it's done, you know, autonomously from the team. They they kind of, you know, hold each other accountable. And that's cool. I I, I like that transfer, but boy, I'd love to have that information as well. 
and we would, you know, we'd have the, uh, the, the right information going into to plans. But Agile is definitely not, uh, the, they don't throw planning out. Um, there, again, there's a more structured way to do it uh, and a more disciplined way to do that, which, which comes to the other myth that, you know, Agile is undisciplined, that, that there isn't discipline in an Agile manner. Um, again, you know, I, I hear that because of what people say. We don't need project management or we can't tell you when we're going to be done or we're not going to document or all these things, which are excuses to, to not do things that are required. Uh, but, but Agile is, is very, very disciplined. You, you've got to get feedback. You've got to meet with the customer. You have to meet your release dates. Um, you're going to change and update um, sprints and sprint planning and backlogs. Um, and, and the biggest thing is if things are going wrong, you know, again, we're, we're discussing this daily, you know, not once a week or, or when, you know, it's, it's gotten so far down the path, we simply can't overcome it. So Agile is very disciplined. Um, and it's a very disciplined way of getting things done, but um, it, it's certainly not uh, undisciplined. Now, the other thing is that you know, with Agile, you know, the, there, there's the thought pattern that Agile requires a lot of rework or, or it does a lot of, of things from, from a rework perspective. Um, and that's not really true either, but the core of Agile and, and what's really cool about Agile is that it gives you the ability to test ideas and, and put things into the market um, so that, um, you know, we don't wait nine months and then find out it doesn't work. So, so fail fast is a big portion of Agile development. And so you actually want to see some of the, the things fail because they're testing things, they're trying things out. Um, and it gives us an ability to to do course correction versus, again, going so far down the path. And and I've got a great example of that. We were doing a um, uh, software uh, delivery for uh, what we call a CRO, which is clinical research outsourcing. And, you know, they went through requirements. This company went through requirements for over a year uh, to decide what they wanted the software to do. And, and uh, what we wanted to do in a very agile format was test those assumptions that they had made that this is the way they wanted to work. So we were rolling out iterations very quickly, and they decided that you know when they saw the first system and the amount of work that they would have to do in entry and changing and all this stuff based on their original assumption of what they said they wanted, it, it was a complete no-go. I mean, when we put it in front of the users, they hated it. And so... In an agile format, that was fine because we just called that, you know, a, a minimum release one to show you where we're going. And that gave us the opportunity right there to stop and redesign where we were going before too much time and too much effort had been put into the development. And so we came up with the users. We sat in a room and, and decided what they didn't like, what they did like, got new requirements, and then came out with the next release that, that absolutely nailed it. And so when, when they saw that second release and, and confirmed that we were down the right path, then we could put everything else into the tool that they wanted. Um, but it was certainly going to fail just from how they were entering information. So to me, that is a fantastic example of how Agile is supposed to work. It's, it's validating the assumptions of what the customers – one of the things you, you hear in project management all the time is um, – you know, the users users got exactly what they asked for and they hated it. 
well, users don't always know what they want. They, they have an idea, but uh, once you validate that assumption, um, you either get the thumbs up or thumbs down. The, the key is, is when do you want to get the thumbs down? After a year of development or after three weeks of development? And, and that's, that's where Agile really comes into play. So did it create some rework? Sure, but it was the right kind of rework. It's the right kind of, uh, of mentality to be going against, you know, going against it. So I think that that's a huge piece. Finally, uh, the, the other myth I like to discuss is where they say Agile doesn't scale. I mean, Agile scales just like anything else, but it's team-based. So you've got to have a plan on how you scale. Look, I mean, scaling is 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 a hard thing to do, and there's no easy way to uh, get all of these teams to work together and communicate and keep large groups of people moving in, which is where I think the project management uh, skill set is, is key. But what it does is it, it brings information to the conversation um, and you look at different ways to become more efficient than just simply growing for growth's sake or scaling for scale's sake. Um, so if we know we're really good at delivering with, with small and nimble and agile teams of 10, then, then that's what we need to do is, is scale um, with teams of 10. If, if we find out that you know it's five or seven's the magic number, I mean, part of that stuff is going to be um, things that we work out as a group, but it certainly can scale. And um, I think that that's, that's a key that, um, that uh, people don't, don't get sometimes, right? They say it doesn't scale. Well, because the, the myth is, is that it only works in small teams. Um, but you've got Scrum of Scrums and Enterprise Scrum and all these other different methodologies that can help you uh, do that. Um, so, I mean, that, that's some of the big myths that we've been discussing. Um, we're going to take our final break here, come back for the final segment, and wrap this show up. You're listening to Rick Morris with the Work-Life Balance. Today, every business is in the software business. And business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other, where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage, where applications aren't just part of your brand, they are your brand. All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers, or fall behind. Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, visit rewrite.ca.com, your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers, all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment. And not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward. And the engine computer that keeps you moving. 
Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy. And the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development to management to security, end-to-end -end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now back to the Work-Life Balance. And welcome back to the Work-Life Balance. Please uh, hit Twitter at Rick A. Morris and uh, follow me there. I'll follow you back and uh, let's keep this conversation going. We've been discussing agile myths. And so there's two final myths that I do want to discuss that both have to do with the executive branch uh, of the organization. First, around cost. Uh, you know, one of the big advantages that companies will do is capitalize development of products. And for those of you that, that, that don't understand the process, to, to capitalize it, you can amortize your, your labor for, for three years, 36 months, uh, and, and not take the initial hit of the cost of the development of a product uh, until that product releases and starts to generate some revenue. So there's some tax breaks to capitalization. What we're finding out uh, is that a lot of the organizations feel that as soon as you go to Agile, it's, it's very difficult uh, to decide what could be capital, what could be expense. So they just say, you know what, if it's an agile project, we're not going to capitalize it. Um, and that's certainly a wrong uh, approach to to this. We're, we're building models now. We've been very successful in building models on how to capitalize by story point and then transfer that story point to time and cost so that it can be capitalized and, and pass audit. So if if that hits you or if you guys have, have heard that before, or if you're struggling with that yourself, you can certainly hit us up. We'd, we'd be happy to help you with that. But um, you, you can capitalize uh, agile costs. The other one uh, from the executive branch is, is how do we divide the portfolio? So because not every project's an agile project, and, and a lot of times for a lot of organizations, agile is, is strictly in IT, then you know there's all these other projects and things. So how do we how do we mix and match? And so our answer to that is is what we've been doing is allocating story points and and then again equating story points to a percentage of a team that's being expended uh, to products. And so then we can take those off the top line portfolio just like you would keeping the lights on. So if if you're doing portfolio based decisions and and things that you're trying to figure out. Um, you know, you you can slice out um, the agile delivery to product bases uh, based on that, and then see what you have left over from a resource perspective to tackle the strategic projects. Um, and, and that's how we're mixing and matching. So that 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 takes a little bit of an art to do, uh, but it's something that we again have built several models and been very successful with. So it's not um, you just like anything. You've got to learn to adapt. And so I think where a project manager's skill set becomes as important as ever 
is is in that portfolio planning step and, and helping you know break the big pieces down to individual pieces and helping estimate uh, resource loads and capacity loads um, to agile projects as well as waterfalls so that we could have a succinct portfolio to understand you know what's happening and, and start to generate some predictable results of, of how a project's going to complete. So the 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 final thing um, that that agile has really kind of helped me, uh, get over a little bit um, is you know up until you know, even two years ago I would tell you that the timesheets are, are are the most important thing in, into understanding where our resources are spending their time. Um, with the advent of agile and the understanding of agile methodologies, it's it's forced me to take a step back to to that theory. And so I, I don't believe um, I believe there's got to be accountability, and, and I believe that there's we've got to pinpoint accountability so we understand what things cost. But there are some really cool ways that w- what we're doing is sweeping uh, the the agile completions, and and since most of that is capitalizable, you know, is there people that are not on the agile teams are generally mostly expense, and so we're we're building some really cool models that can still generate very predictable and auditable results around capital and expense without the importance of timesheets. So it comes it comes to more percentage of people against a product or percentage uh, of an organ, you know, a team or a person um, against investments versus, you know, going in and and tracking time every day. So again, that's that those are new methodologies and things that are coming out in in agile is forcing the hand on that. But uh, where I was very resistant to that type of change, uh, I'm starting to see these models really work, and again, their their consistency are still your plus or minus ten percent that you would get from from somebody trying to track their time. Because, you know, the, it, a lot of people don't track their time till the end of the week. So, how accurate really is that? Um, and I know that uh, I'm making the, the the gang at Soul the Enterprise excited to to say that, you know, we're starting to see less reliance on uh, the importance of time reporting, uh, or at least time tracking. Uh, on a timesheet. So, but there's still got to be some sort of allocation of costs or things like that. So as long as we have a model that that can do that and, and, and do that appropriately where the people can then be productive and not so administrative, uh, I think that's a win-win for everybody. Um, for project managers that are struggling with Agile, what what I, I urge you to do is to, is to take the same path I did and really just do a deep dive and understand. Um, don't just... Think that you understand the concepts, or or think that they're they're easy for you. Um, it, it's always best to do a deep dive, and and, and eventually that light bulb's going to come on, um, and then you're going to see how everything fits together. But um, I think uh, you know training wise and and understanding wise, it, it, it's very important for those of you that are looking to to get certified in Agile or to to uh, learn about Agile. The the Resource I used and uh, one I think is is the best in the business is there's the Agile Almanac, uh, which can be found uh, on Amazon um, or through uh, Great PM, which is gr the number eight pm.com. Um, John Stenbeck is is one of the best trainers out there from Agile, and and if you're a project manager transitioning into the Agile world. Uh, that was his exact path. So he was a forensic accountant that turned project manager that turned into uh, one of the leading agilists out there. Um, so he understands that transition. And so when he does his his training, uh, 
um, it, it correlates very well. Uh, his training classes, uh, he, what he's done is filmed you know, several of his seminars and then broken those out into like two and three and four minute videos so they're very easily consumable as you're going down the path and learning Agile. Uh, so that's a resource that, that we recommend here uh, through um, the Work-Life Balance show. Um, so just as a, as a wrap up, I think Agile is is very, very strong. I think there's a lot of learning that still has to happen with it. And I think there's a lot of companies that are just jumping in with both feet without really understanding what the cultural shifts are going to be. Uh, but I, I've seen several organizations really, really do a fantastic job um, utilizing Agile as a core concept. Um, as always, you can follow me at, at Rick A. Morris. Uh, you can go to pmnetworks.com as my blog or no day uh, but today and the number two. So it's no day but two day.com uh, or, or blogs that, that are uh, updated often. Uh, find us on LinkedIn, find us on Facebook, uh, go to the rsquareconsulting.com website, or you can find me at rickamorris.com. As always, gang, we love having you around. Uh, June 8th, June 9th, I'll be uh, out in El Paso, Texas with the PMI group out there. Uh, also, uh, June the 5th, we're doing the official launch on Facebook Live to discuss the uh, John Maxwell Speakers Club. Now, I'll be discussing details around Birmingham, Alabama. However, if you're just simply interested in the John Maxwell Speakers Club or want to know more about it, please join us on the Facebook Live uh, broadcast, and, and we can certainly answer those questions for you and help you find uh, what's happening in your local area around that. But uh, I think this is going to be a huge, uh, huge thing for a lot of people uh, around the John Maxwell Speakers Club. Uh, June 30th is the official launch of the Speakers Club in Birmingham, Alabama. And as always, I'm here every Friday uh, at 4 Central to Pacific uh, to discuss the work-life balance. Next week, uh, we're going to be discussing a book called Friday Night Lights for Fathers and Sons uh, by Mark LeMaster. Uh, and I'm very, very excited to get into that conversation. So I did a whole episode today on work. Uh, we're going to focus a whole episode next week on life and so that we can appropriately bring you the work-life balance as we've been trying to do. Uh, as always, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys next Friday. You've been listening to the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Thank you for joining us this week. The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now that the weekend is here, it's time to rethink your priorities and enjoy it. We'll see you on our next show.